everyone and welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast with me your host Joe Thompson and today we have a special guest we have Julian Carter from By Julian Limited an engineering consultancy for commercial and domestic buildings welcome to the podcast Julian Hi so, Joe Hello so what I would like to do a bit of a tradition I like to start with some quick fire questions just to loosen us up get the words flowing so are you ready go on then beer or wine wine meal out or takeaway Ooh, meal out barbecue or sunday roast Ooh, barbecue hot or cold hot poolside or the beach Ooh, both <laughs> <laughs> or a long, beach a beach you're going to the beach <laughs> long walk or bike ride long walk thank you nice and loose push bike, push bike or motorbike but anyway yeah it's good Ooh, yeah that was a bit of an open-ended one which one would you prefer push bike or Mo a motorbike motorcycle yeah definitely Have you got a license yes good <laughs> i was gonna say a bit awkward if not <laughs> so julian can you just explain to the listeners what you do for a living i i'm very lucky um because i've been called a house whisperer um now what that means in some ways i've been in heritage properties that are listed and i've actually found extra bits that people didn't know about purely because i'm looking at a property in a particular way um this this one i'm thinking about i actually found them another oven um and i've been in the house for 10 minutes and looking at the house to do something completely unrelated and i said to them, i think you've got another oven in that wall and and the people looked me up and down with this, you could tell they got a bad smell in there, up, up the nose. And they said, oh, we've lived in this house for 30 years and you've been here for 10 minutes. And I said, there's an oven <laughs> in that wall. Two weeks later, guess what? Happy as Larry, their value of the property had increased. They'd got another oven. I can flip that. Different property, different environment. Um, client asked me to consider why they got subsidence in their back garden only for me to have to tell them the bad news that unknowingly they'd bought a house in a flood zone. Oh no. Uh, so that would have reduced the value of the house by something like 40%. So that's a house that had been through a full conveyancing check. They'd missed obvious things. And, and for me, I think the answer there, Joe, is I'm not a surveyor, I'm an engineer. Okay. Um, and a highly qualified and experienced engineer. I'm looking at properties very differently um, than a traditionally uh, experienced surveyor would. And that's the difference. That's why you lo you're looking and understanding the three dimensions and the engineering and the craft that was in the person's hand that built it in the first place. Wow, that's fantastic. How, di how did you get into this? Because it's not something I imagine you sit at school and go, teacher, I want yeah. to be an engineer. No, you um, I mean, I've, I'm lucky. I started my career on bridges, so historic structures. Um, and let's face it, in the UK, we've got structures that have been around hundreds and hundreds of years. Then when you start looking at um, the cathedrals, the ancient stone-built structures, then I've worked at a high technical level in different codes and standards, and that really does it. Because once you understand the physical world, then you understand our kind of virtual word of code and standard. Excuse me. And then having um, worked in those standards... I'll throw a question back to anybody listening. What do you think the design life of a house is? Design life of a house is 40 years. But 
when we're designing critical national infrastructure like hospitals, bridges, those kind of things, power stations, they have a 130 year design life. Wow. So when you're looking at the codes and standards and you understand them, as I've worked at a high technical level, you're, you're seeing structures, be they buildings, engineered structures, or structures that need a withstand for seismic uh, power stations. So you're looking at things very differently uh, and, and what can be very complex systems. Yeah, gosh, that's <laughs> incredible. I didn't realize that about hospitals. It probably makes a lot of sense when you look at some hospitals that look old as anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you, you imagine um, they've got to have a, a withstand which could be a local blast or, yeah, we do have earthquakes in the UK. Yeah. No, they're not as um, significant as they would be in Japan. But there's one building, well, there's two buildings you definitely don't want to fall down in an earthquake, and that's your power station and your hospital. Yes, yes, very much where so. do you go? The, you know, if you can't turn the light on, you can't get to that operating theatre. It's not yeah. a good day at the office. No, not at all, not at all. <laughs> so you've been in the industry for... Your words, not mine, for years. Yeah, I, I graduated <laughs> in 1990. Um, but I'm also lucky. Something we haven't actually touched on, Joe, really. Um, I've worked in disasters and emergencies internationally as well. Wow. So places like Sri Lanka straight after the tsunami. When you're talking about hot and heat, mm. um, I was in Iraq working for Oxfam, and it's 60, 56 to 60 degrees in the out of the shade there. So... You learn a bit about people and, and looking after yeah. people, and that's important. People are important. That's why I do it. It's... Is it? Is that why you got into it? And yeah, that what, it, it's, what... that's why I became an engineer. Um, and, and then, you know, I would say probably 60% of what I do is people. And why? You're managing stress, you're managing anxiety, because anybody listening to this is thinking, God, you know what? It's so stressful selling my house, or it's so stressful trying to buy the right one. That's why you need to talk to me. That's it, isn't it? It's such a big investment, so it, it baffles me. You know, you you know, back in sort of just the end of the pandemic, the uh, the, the chancellor at the time had announced the stamp duty freeze, and everyone was going crazy buying properties. It was great. People were making offers on houses without actually viewing it. <laughs> yeah. Why? This is madness. Why would no. people do this? And and what scares me, I I thought we were getting when it started overheating or warming up. Um, I thought this really feels like the time we had 125% mortgages. Now, many people don't kind of get that in a way, and I use the example of a car. You know, and you say. You're buying a second-hand car and you're going to buy it from a friend and your friend's got a nice car that's affordable for four thousand pounds but you know what you're going to borrow six <laughs> yep and you're going to pay six thousand pounds for that car but it's only worth four so when it needs new tires or oil or all those other wonderful things you go can't afford this or the price of the price of petrol and diesel goes up. You go, can't go on the holiday now. Can't go away this weekend. It's yeah. it's that similar kind of process. It is. it is. So what what do you do for home buyers? Like you've got many arms of your uh, your business, uh, but specifically for home buyers, what what do you do for home buyers? I look at 
a number of layers for any particular house. They're all different, but even on the same street, you can have two houses side by side built at the same time, but they will be built differently because it may not have had the same builder. So what we're able to do is understand the craft that has gone into how it was built, but more importantly, understand how it's working. And, and that is key because when people are purchasing, they're not sure of what they're looking at. And surveyors, the problem stripping it back to a home buyer's report, surveyors are not qualified to say any more than there's a crack. And you go, I, you know, I've just paid for my home buyer's report. You told me I've got a crack, but now I need a structural engineer. And and I think behind behind that, Joe, is a huge amount of it's it's knowledge education, but you get that with maturity and experience. Um, but ultimately, rem what people I think have forgotten a little bit in in England is caveat emptor, buyer beware. Um, and so when when you want to look at a property getting the right person the right people is very difficult because you don't know if you see some defects what do they mean i mean i've just looked at a property um last week 20 years old which you might say well, it's a relatively new property i still found defects that probably nobody has seen that are structural not cosmetic and that's Oof. the thing wow um but also is it, it, who are the people that you're paying for and what I, what I mean by that is the average professional person the average professional engineer let's say the fee base in their business is going to be somewhere between 100 and 200 pounds an hour okay. now when when I look at that case of the property that's in the flood zone I said well if you paid 500 pounds for your conveyancing how many hours of somebody who's really highly qualified do you think that actually purchased? Maybe one, because you've got all the admin and everything else. And, and, and in that particular case, and it, it's almost embarrassing for me professionally, all I did was look at an information pack that was already available because I understood it in a way that other people didn't. Um, I and I think that's that's the key for me because if somebody says, how much are you going to cost us for your survey? I might say 750, 850, 1000. And they go, oh, you're more expensive than a home buyer's report. You say, yes, we are, because what we do is different and more complex for you. But go get your home buyer's report for 700. Wait for them to tell you that you then need a structural engineer and our 850 suddenly goes to 1500 that's reality yeah and it, wow. but it's so difficult because i mean another example a property coming up for sale i'd got a client who was in the south of the country asking me to look at a property that was near to me and i said to him that he, he wanted some trial holes some odd things doing which you don't normally do i said to him look I'll drive past there because it's on the way to another job and I did I had a look at the house and f suddenly saw things that nobody's mentioned before like there was movement in the house two semis so I was looking at the semi detached one on the right 
the one on the left had a rear extension, okay, yeah. and the ground at the back of the house fell away, so it's sloping away. So when I look at the back of the one my prospect is looking to purchase, the face of the extension is right on the boundary line, okay, which means the foundation for that is actually on the neighbor's land. Oh. Albeit okay. under the ground, it's on the neighbor's land. And I could see that there was movement, and it was actually the extension of the neighbor that was moving that was causing damage to its attached property. Ooh. So he'd already had, a, somebody had already looked at it claiming to be a structural engineer, and they hadn't seen it the way that I'd seen it. And I said to him, I haven't been inside the house, but I'll bet you've got cracking in these particular locations internally when yes i said well it's the next door neighbor's extension pulling that house with it that's that's what you get wow that's... and nobody'd seen it before nobody picked it up that's concerning sounds like a, a court issue <laughs> well, it is. yeah i mean i um i can't say any more because I, I went into the estate agents and said you know it's a deceased estate um the executives need to know that they've got some issues um that go beyond a simple sale because you know there's legal issues of what a neighbor has done that's what you need and, yeah. and it's an investment and as you've alluded to Joe um, what we do is protect that investment before you take it to the market yeah before a valuer devalues it and we also can advise on people before they make that first offer Right, I see. Because yeah. you want to punch the so, vendor really hard on the nose and say, that's my offer, and here's why. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. Do you know what a good one is I, I always hear from estate agents is when they'll go, We've, uh, we don't accept offers under because we valued it accordingly. It's only yeah. worth what someone's prepared to pay. Yeah. Otherwise, they're effectively working as a cartel to keep properties at a particular value in a particular area. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's right. That's right. Um, so what, why should people have a survey? And for, for just before I, you answered that, I was just <laughs> I was saying to Julian earlier, I don't know why, because I'd said surveyor earlier in some form, I said, I said why should people have a survey? <laughs> but it's survey. So why should people have a survey? <laughs> It's it's education. Um, if you're going to make an offer, you need to understand what the liabilities might be to you. Now, and we mentioned this briefly as was having a preamble, but there's there's two things with a property. Generally, you've you've got enduring maintenance that you will have on any house. It doesn't matter how old it is, and then you've got the possibilities of structural movement. Now. What's important is being able to separate the two and, and understand that, especially let's say with smaller stock, where the owners are older, you can't get up that ladder anymore, the windows haven't been painted perhaps if they're wood, or the gutters haven't been emptied perhaps, they can lead to problems, but in themselves they're not a problem. And it's having that intelligence, um, because what I'm finding I really look at newer properties because for someone like me there's no need it's a simple process maybe it's less than 10 years old in NHBC guarantee but um, even when it comes to understanding brick you know 
whether something's English bond, stretcher bond, Flemish bond, what the bonding is in terms of how the bricks are laid, what that means, if there are defects, what that means. Are you planning to change the property in the future? How might you get there? And I think one of the key ones on that is people, oh, we've got this big plan with the house, but we, we're going to do this little bit first. And um, often uh, pre-purchase, people will say, can you come and do a survey? Give us an idea of, of what we'd like to do if it's feasible. Well, anything's possible if you've got the budget. Yes. And, and, you know, and I think the biggest thing on the back of that, Joe, is the reality check for people, because if and coming back to the answer, if you don't get a good survey, there's a pretty good chance you will end up spending more on the property than you thought you would have to. Yeah. So what you find is you might well have that budget to do the, the extension or to do the loft conversion, but you might have to spend some of it first to do some repair works and then you haven't got your budget anymore. So yeah, I, and it's it's a hard, we, we've alluded to this, but it's a hard reality. And I would rather manage that stress at the beginning and say, look, this, this project that you'd like to do is a 20,000 pound project, but you've only got a budget of 10. Shape the project or don't start it because you can't afford it. That's hard. And I don't enjoy that conversation, but yeah. I know my clients, are better for it or they go and find the extra cash yeah that's the reality joe i think Un understanding it's risk assessment what's the risk of, what does it cost there's a couple of bits to point out there i think there's i know i know from personal experience there's a lot of people not a lot there's a few people i know that have started a project they've got halfway through run out of cash then they're up Shits creek because they've got a half finished house they're ashamed of it causing stress anxiety arguments as well between couples because of they can't finish <laughs> and it causes issues <laughs> you know yeah. what i had a phone call yesterday from a builder julian you you i've got this calculation pack that you did for a property yeah yeah um can you send me all the other calculations please because there's all of the work being done and you haven't put it in your report and i'm like Oh, normally. <laughs> so I went I went and checked the record and said, well, yeah, that's the only piece of work we've done for that house. There was two beams at the back. And anyway, so I phoned the builder. What happened? And you've just hit the nail on the head, Joe. This chap's a builder, and I won't say where, no longer, let's just say, no longer living with his partner. She's got to try and, it's a little bit um, the house that Jack built, Humpty Dumpty, trying to put it back together. Oh, no. And the builder has done an awful lot more work, hasn't done it well. Another builder's been brought in to finish the project because here's the other rub. Building control won't accept it. And let's just remind me of building control, Joe. Yeah. Building control have failed it and said, well, this engineer hasn't done all this other stuff. And I've gone, no, we haven't because the builder didn't ask us to do all the other calculations. Yeah. So they're now saying, can you give us a price to go back into the property and look at everything? And I'm just thinking, this is a bugger's muddle. Because I said to him, I did actually take photographs and look around the house when I was there. Yeah. And I thought, this house is knackered. 
the builders knackered it by doing bad work so this and what i would love people to understand building control and 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 personally or professionally in this podcast joe it's the letter a people need to remember the letter a and there's two words okay building controls legal obligation is assurance right i'll come to explain that not acceptance Okay. Now, what that means is, and this is this is a message to everybody out there with property, if a builder does work on a property, it has to meet the minimum standards of the building regulations, period. You get that work done through COVID, make down the pub, you know, 20 quid and a bottle of whiskey. If it's not to standard, that's why you'll get a zero valuation. Right, okay. So... Building control have to be involved. It's legal, depending what you're doing to your house. People make the mistake going, I'm not bloody doing that. It's going to cost me a fortune. And I say, great, you've saved some money. But when that surveyor comes to survey your house when he's selling it and goes, ooh, have you got the calculations for that? And you go, I had a really good builder. And he told me he was fantastic. No provenance, no assurance. Now, what that means is, Building control's job is to go, have you got calculations? Yes. Oh, yeah, great, you've got calculations. Tick. They have not accepted them. This is the key thing. They have assured themselves that the calculations exist. Because whoever prepared them is responsible to them. So for for me, Joe, I think the biggest thing about surveys is getting someone like ourselves who know what questions to ask and who know what to look for. Okay. Because a surveyor doesn't. And also then, how to reverse engineer it to prove it works. I mean, I had a, 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 briefly, another one, because I've got so many different examples. Um, I had a couple, a couple in Barnsley, an older property, 17, late 1700s. They purchased it 18 months before. No problem, surveys, everything fine. They brought it back to the market. And a surveyor came and gave it gave it zero value. It's going to fall down. I went and looked at it and went, no, but I've got the number of a solicitor because I think you need a solicitor because I cannot, in my professional opinion, find anything that suggests this property is in distress. That's what you get from, from people like ourselves. It's protection. It makes me laugh at this a little bit because <laughs> it's been up since that... It's been up, what, a couple of hundred years? And he's saying it's going to fall down imminently. In five. <laughs> and I went, oh, <laughs> oh, wow, brilliant. What's so, happened in that time bit, that, that time period for it to all of a sudden fall down? It's, yeah, makes you laugh. Yeah, because, I mean, physics hasn't changed in that time. And, 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 and less than two years. But this is the problem, because coming back back into the story from a couple of minutes ago, what has happened? People have purchased properties, defects have been identified, but they haven't dealt with them. Right. So then they brought the property the back to the market. It's yeah. built up, and that's when valuers are looking at it going, well, you never did the repairs. And I've had that recently. I get that all the time, actually, when I do a survey. Um, and for some, for some clients, or for vendors, it can be a bit heartbreaking because I'm telling them, but 
they've got the chance to get it right before it comes to market. Yeah. And then yeah. that problem goes away and they keep, they, they keep the value high. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. I think a lot of people get, uh, and, I, and I get it, cost is a big thing for a lot of people, money, but the thing is having something done right first time saves you a lot of hassle in the long run, doesn't it? Yeah. And people get a lot very protective over their, their house as well uh, because it's theirs, it's their it's... baby. So when you're saying it's, it's something's wrong with it, no, it's not. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> the easiest, I tell you. you. Yeah, I mean, I always smile because often I'll ask people, how long have you been in the house, especially those that are knocking walls down, doing things. And the really, the easier people to work with are that they've been in it 18 months or two years. Whereas when you've got others that have inherited it from granny, the emotional attachment with properties, it can be quite debilitating for people. That's quite hard. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially when old man, deceased estates, doing a survey on a property and you've moved an armchair to take a photograph and you've put the armchair back, but it's just a little bit out of place. Oh. You, you can't, you can't get complaints. That's, yeah. that's quite stressful. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine People can that's... be very, yeah, as a survey, it's, it's quite hard. Yeah, that's tough. I can, I can imagine that's tough. Uh, and it's funny, we, you, just going back to what you mentioned earlier, we, we were talking about just before the, uh, I said about people breaking up because work's not being done. So I say the other point is, you might think that, you know, building your extension is absolutely fine. But just like that extension that all of a sudden is affecting the neighbours, I wouldn't know that. The person who owns that house wouldn't know that. So actually, you're putting your trust in a builder to do a job that actually could lead to a court case and, and a, a massive issue down the line. So the again, party that's... warlike, Joe. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. I I know it exists. I know the party warlike. Um, it's law. It says that when there's a boundary between two properties, you're married. Uh, if there's a wall, it doesn't cover fences like garden fences, but everything else it covers, you're married. I had a court case, I was called in it as a kind of, oh, let's see what he does. Let's see what happens because we've come a long way. We can't find another direction for this. I had a client being sued by a neighbor for a landslip where he built a house at a lower level. And basically we'd got a builder, an insurer, a neighbor, all kind of counter suing. I came along, different pair of eyes, party wall act. Boom, everyone, party more like taking a chimney down, party war like. And I asked a lot of questions, and my client was a very happy man when he was off the hook for £600,000. Yeah. Oh because other people, other people he'd engaged, other people that were engaged um, hadn't done their jobs. And, and, and I say this with a smile. One of the parties was an insurance company which said nothing to do with us it's it's not in our policy i'm an engineer by profession and i look at things as i've been taught to i'm a fellow of the institution of civil engineers i got down to the nuts and bolts the the i's and the t's and the commas of their insurance policy i briefed um the barrister the barrister they went into mediation the barrister asked the insurance company was sat like this <laughs> um, barrister asked them some questions that I put in my report, my expert report. 
and the insurance company went, uh, uh, we're, we better, <laughs> we better get our checkbook out. And oh, that, wow. that my friend cool. was, was for an insurance policy that's UK wide. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, so it's, it's just screaming at me now. I mean, I'm not planning to move anytime soon, <laughs> maybe in the next five years, but I'm, I'm already saving. I've got your number saved, ready to call for when I do, because there's so much, but there is so much. And I think people are, uh, and I, I'm, I was the same. I am the same. It's, oh, I see that house. I like it. I want it. There's so much that could be wrong. Yeah, you buy with your heart, don't you? Not your head. That's it. And that's, uh, um, I think, a good example of that, Joe. Some good friends of mine, I've known them quite a long time, and they come into some money and say, Julian, can you help us find a property for letting? So buy to yeah. let. And they'd asked me to look at a few properties. And then when I first sat with them, they went, whoa, Julian. They went, what? I said, I know what your problem is. You're looking at me as the person you know is your friend. Yeah. I'm sat here as your advisor and I'm not your friend. Yeah. I'm de-risking this property that you've fallen in love with, which isn't the right one. And here's why. And and they were like, wow, I've never seen you like this before. I said, no, because I'm protecting your assets. I'm helping you do the right, make the right decision based on engineering judgment, pragmatism, risk, and value for money. Not, I love it. <laughs> Not, I love it. Nice, nice <laughs> as that is part of the process, but you know, I always say matters of the heart and matters of the con, uh, contract never the twain shall meet. I like that because yeah. you'll end up spending more than you you can afford. Sometimes it does happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's is key to know. And do you know what? If there's nothing wrong with it, money well spent. If there is something wrong with it, and you didn't know, money well spent. <laughs> And, I, and I've, I've clients um, looking for different property types and they have an appetite. I mean, one of my clients is, is a, an ex-Liverpool international and he, he's, he buys for his portfolio. And he says, Julian, what do you think? Sometimes, you know, I've had a call a couple of times, eight o'clock in the morning. Julian, the auction finishes at two o'clock this afternoon. It's, it's in Lancashire. Can you get, yes, all right, I'll get over there. Um, and, and I've been brutally honest and said, well, you'll need this much for the refit this much, this much, um, is this really want to go with this? And and getting that reality, because yeah, we can fall it. It's, it's almost, forgive the comparison, like eBay. Hmm. You know, you, you've yeah. got something that you want and you're prepared to bid for and you're bidding for it. But when it gets to the last five minutes, you're no longer bidding for it, you're bidding against it because you want other people not to get it. Yeah. Don't fall it. into that trap with property. That's it. That's it. Walk away. And, and do you know what, you know, we've all watched Homes Under the Hammer where they say, have you viewed it? And they go, no. Oh, have you seen the house? Have you viewed it? No, no. It's the first time we've viewed it now. You've got the keys. What are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, part of my client base like that, Joe, are uh, speculative investors. Right. And I'll have a look at it pre-auction. Um, right, hard okay. nose. That's really hard nose for them. Yeah. Um, because, you know, bring it back into the positive light. There's some really simple things that you can do that are out there to repair properties and improve them. Um, and that's the other, the other thing that we do as well. So people, again, if you haven't got the right person looking at it, all they do is tell you it's got defects. Yeah. But what can you do to make it right? Because that will make yeah. it that might make it a sound investment for you because yeah. it's within budget. 
Yeah, okay. So is that another thing that you do then? You, you'll see it, yeah. go, right, this is wrong, but this is how much it's going to cost to fix. Yeah, approximately and often, in there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got one, um, I think a success in the last couple of years was a couple, um, I'd got a referral from a surveyor. The one, the first of all, they didn't purchase. The second one, they didn't purchase. They stayed with me and they said, Julian, when I do a full report on the last property, they said, we know how you do things, we'll Zoom. So then what they said to me, what you can do I said, right, we'll walk through the property. I'll take you through the property, explain everything that we've seen. Um, they're really happy with that. And on the back of that, they got the confidence in what we do, how we do it, and they purchased. Oh, brilliant. So, you know, I'd say to people, be prepared to say no. Don't don't fall completely head over heels with the property. Yeah. Unless it's the right one, fantastic. But just be careful. Yeah. Yeah, be careful. And if you've got the budget, if you live it, if you're working on a shoot, working with a shoestring, be careful. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's kind of that impetuous purchase um, where you want it so much. Uh, it, it's 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 really difficult. Yeah. Again, you know, if it's a trophy, have your trophy. But you, as you introduced the conversation there. Um, there are people now that are having to go, well, we've overcommitted. We're at a point where, unfortunately, we, we just have to sell and, and try and sell quickly. And that's not a nice thing. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Now, we've touched on some horror stories. That was my next question. My next bullet point was horror stories. We've done, touched on some of these uh, already. But the next one was nasty findings. So things that you found that's just like, oh, gross. <laughs> is there anything yeah, one... that's grossed you out? Uh, yeah, it's it's people not paying attention. You're going up into a loft space and you think, you know, rats and there's rats everywhere. That infestations oh. can be like that. Um, but I think really the the gross bit is where builders have done work, bad work, and covered it up. Oh no. Where. You've, you've got a gut feeling, a floor's a bit spongy, and you think, hmm. I think of another one, yeah, Wakefield. I've Because I have a design background, yeah. um, generally in properties, floor joists, just get really technical for a moment, floor joists won't span more than four and a half metres. Okay. Okay. So when you look at the way houses are typically built, um, you may have a room that's larger than that, but the floor joists will run in the shortest direction. Okay. okay. Now, I'd looked at a house introduced by a builder we worked with and a company had gone in loads of structural steel internally for a little wall being taken down upstairs. They'd over de I designed well, trust me, um, but these guys had gone five times more than they needed to, damaged the house unnecessarily and the thing called a stress skin floor, by designing what was there slightly differently they had no need of all the steel and that was wow. horrible because it was poorly done poorly designed poorly executed a waste of money wasted the client's cash damaged the house um, that I find heartbreaking because when when people are on a budget and they don't we all know you know we don't have much cash uh, for some of the things we want to do 
but when you have bad builders and, and I would say to anybody on the back of that is you know those horror stories happen because builders they're not builders they're not competent and the horror stories I'm waiting to see now are the COVID oh, I'm not waiting for planning I'm not waiting for building control yeah. um, and I think the one I talked about earlier with the subsidence in the garden finding out they're the horror stories I mean health wise yeah. you don't get them but it's it's more the horror stories because somebody else hasn't done their job yeah who isn't diligent or competent that's hard and that's sad it's sad isn't it you know you feel so i feel sorry for people it's not like you're you're buying a, a pint of milk from the shop and it's it's you get it home and it's gone off and you're oh, bloody yeah it's but it's knowing the value of a thing that. i mean i i looked at a, somebody said oh they've got problems and damage to the house a loft conversion so this is t early 2019 and at the time, a loft conversion would be about £25,000 to, to construct and build and complete. And they said, oh, we've got some damage at the house. And I said, what's your budget? What have you? What is the builder charging you to do your full loft conversion? And they said, 14000 hmm. <laughs> I said, mm, that's 10000 short. Let's come and have a look. And they damaged the house. They hadn't done it properly. It was a bad job. They were never going to do it in, in 14, not possible. Now that's 40 to benchmark. So that's, and what, what I mean by that, Joe, is the sad thing is the materials don't know. Yeah, the wood, every, and a, a good tradesman turns the materials into gold. Be like the philosopher's stone. A yeah. bad tradesman turns good materials into rubbish. Yeah. That's the sad, that's the sadness generally. Yeah. That but is, it's all yeah. finding the right people. Yeah, definitely. What What do you love about your job most? Happy clients, happy people. Yeah. yeah. Um. Getting them or getting them the information they need to make the right decision. That's that's quite joyful. Uh, unpicking something and and trying to make it easy, because if you can make a builder's job easier, that's important. Um, and often people will, you know, I'll advise a client and say, we'll design in a particular way which will make the job a little bit simpler, which will speed it up and make it easier for the builder. That's the big, that's a big thing. Hel helping people understand that what they think is their perfect wish, wish list job, if they adjust it slightly and make it a little bit simpler, less complex, less fiddly, they get a better value job that's well within budget. Right. I see. Okay, I like that, and, I, and I, I guess that stems a lot from people going on right move, looking at the floor plan, making an offer on the house, walking around going, oh, we'll take this wall out, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do that, and then <laughs> we all do it. I, I do it as well. That would be great if we had an extension there and uh, this and that. Practicality <laughs> is yep. where you come in <laughs> and yep. put some numbers and some figures on this sort of stuff, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've recently had a, a client complaining his his architect design job builders were pricing at 90,000 could I help I looked at it and said well yeah you've got a complex architect design what's your budget he said 55 but everyone's too expensive I said hang on no that's the price we come back mm -hmm. to price I said what the market is telling you that job is a 90,000 pound job don't think you're going to build a 55,000 pound job for 90 you won't yeah. What you need to do is adjust your expectations to your budget. 
and we did that for him and we said look what is the amenity that you're looking to create what do you what are you trying to get out of this and and straight away we could say right here's something for 45 that's affordable it's not what you want because that's not what the architect is drawn yeah but it's affordable and it's it's that reality that can sometimes be quite hard yeah i bet i bet definitely and people don't like hearing no <laughs> it's hard Maybe. it's hard yeah. and, and be honest joe when you say to people what's your budget you know the eyes go down and the feet shuffle yeah. they haven't got one and i i always say break a bit of an icebreaker i say look billionaires have budgets millionaires have budgets yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. What advice have you got for any buyers, people out there who are listening to this who are about to buy a house? What would you tell them that they should be doing? Go beyond a home buyer survey. Okay. Go beyond that because if there are any difficulties, you're going to spend at least double. Okay. And and do not so park that do not go for the cheapest conveyancing that's a big risk obviously that depends if you're buying a newer property you've got all the guarantees in place say from the nhbc mm -hmm. but i think for anybody on coming into the market it doesn't matter whether you're a first-time buyer or not um make sure that you understand it before you make an offer yeah is is key especially with the older properties um be mindful okay we've got insulation and, and eco-friendly look at solar panels look at thermal solar as well there are lots of things we can do but if you know moving house looking into the market get a good survey yeah because that will de-risk it 100 percent yeah okay no, when's the ideal no, time sorry when is the sorry go on joe i was just gonna say when's the ideal time for from for them to have a survey before I, I honestly before you make an offer okay because if if you make an offer and then you go get the surveys this is the thing about value market and rebuild cost i i would say to anybody it's not a game because you're going to piss off the vendor um yes you could you could do what the builders do go in at 80 go in, go in at 60% go in at 80% because you weren't going to get the chance to make a third offer. Um, but if you can make a qualified offer at the beginning and say, I've had my survey. Now, many people will say, oh, oh, I can't afford that. No, what you're saying is you're not really sure that's the house you want to buy because you're just going to have a look at that one because you've got another one or another two that you want to look at. And you're going, well, that's going to cost me a thousand. That's going to cost me for the surveys. We can do walkthrough surveys, but I think you've got to get that intelligence, gather that information first, and then make your qualified offer. Yeah. Because it says to the vendor, you're serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, on on the survey sort of side of things, if a lot of my clients will offer accepted mortgage application, blah, blah, and they will say to me, Joe, when's the when's the right time to get a home buyer survey done? And I'll always say to them, let's wait until the mortgage valuation's been done. And they say, why? Why is that? Why is that? I said, because if the valuer, okay, it's just a valuation, but if it's something glaringly obvious, they go, there's damp, damp and timber reports needed. Okay. You're going to spend X amount of money on a home buyer survey. You'll get the valuation and you need to have, like, they'll pick it up. 
that this needs further investigation. But what matters is the mortgage valuation because without that dampened timber report, you ain't getting a mortgage. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. so wait for the specific, if they say nothing, that's fine. Crack on with your, your survey that you want to do. That's fine. But wait until them to say it's okay or, yeah. or it needs this doing or this doing. Yeah. But what we, what we sometimes do is say to people as well, if you've shortlisted two or three properties or one, let us do a walkthrough and then okay. one to the other, we can give you what we think are the key risks and, and that can help you go from three to two or from three to one. Wow, that's a great service. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a great idea that is, isn't it? That, that goes well with some, with, with some clients um, where they don't want to wait for a report because obviously you need time to go away and report that. But yeah. what we do is spend time at the property and if they want to be there, we give them hot feedback of what the key risks are and key associated costs and and that that works really well for people if if it takes those a little bit more experienced in the property market yeah but that 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 really is a help for some yeah that's brilliant yeah i really like that thank you julian where can people find you if they if they want to utilize your services where can people find you we've got the facebook page we've got our uh, new web page because we've rebranded last year so you've got www.buy-julian.com so buyjulian.com uh, quite easy to find and then you can email us from there look at some of the, the things that we've done one of the things we always do if you express an interest um, tell us a little bit about our property we'll send you a sample we're happy to share samples so you can see the house style very important so that's buy-julian.com and uh, yeah, we can take it from there. Excellent. I'll put all the links in the comments section below uh, on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. Uh, so guys, if you do want to reach out to Julian, more than welcome to click on the links below and, and get in touch. I hope you've all enjoyed today and I hope you've enjoyed speaking to me today, Julian. I thought found it fascinating. I could listen to you all day, to be honest. <laughs> but I don't I think you too. <laughs> <laughs> she's got the paper the license the wedding license oh wow says. yeah <laughs> well guys thank you very much for listening if you've enjoyed this episode please leave a positive comment below Re refer it on to friends who are looking to buy thank you for listening and i'll see you on the next one thank you <laughs>